Hi there, welcome to the Animal Intuitive Show. In our current state of politics and just kind of the way the world is right now, there's polarization of a lot of viewpoints. It's hard to find common ground you might have found sometimes. So that's why I'm really excited to have the opportunity tonight to bring you my guest who has made a considerable contribution to bringing dog lovers together. So join us as we talk about how animals bridge ideological and geographic gaps, as well as some other very important topics. So I can hear you, James. So this is James Jacobson. He's from the Dog Podcast Network. And James, thank you so much for being here tonight. And let's just get started. So James, thank you so much for being here from Hawaii. What a great what, what a great way to open. I love that. <laughs> I love your song. A rocking opening, right? That's my it, based on my song Misha, my dog Misha. <laughs> um, so And you use just a small enough segment for them not to be like upset. Right, exactly, to click right off because it's <laughs> too long, right? Um, yeah, so Hawaii, you're joining us from, right? I'm in Maui, Hawaii, the, some, awesome. the beautiful island. And so we're, we're at six time zones away from each other. Wow. Okay. So it's like early there today, right? It's seven here, but... It is. Yeah, it's just one o'clock in the afternoon. Oh, okay. Cool. So we'll get right started because we know you have a time limit tonight and we have a few things to talk about. Um, if you're here and you are in the chat and you have questions, please do feel free to jump in if you have any comments or questions we'd love to hear from you this is a, a free-flowing show where we have conversations so uh, and if you do enjoy the show please do hit the subscribe button and the notification bell hopefully you will get notified sometimes they don't notify you but uh, we can hope for it and if you enjoy it hit the like button so anyway take it on with it uh, James so the dog podcast network you started this incredible like just tell us what this is and and where it airs and all of that. Okay. Well, Dog Podcast Network, or DPN, as we call it <laughs> affectionately, is the world's first network of really high quality uh, shows specifically for dog lovers. And, and that we make a distinction between people who are dog owners and dog lovers. And it is an attempt, as you were saying, we live in such a divisive world these days. It's an attempt to bring together various cultures and, and, and political ideologies and, and belief systems, unifying people who are truly dog lovers, people who you know would, are more likely to go to the veterinarian if their dog is sick than to take themselves to the doctor if they're sick, or right. people whose dogs sleep in their beds with them or in their bedrooms, or you know give them Christmas gifts, or those are the kinds of people who are dog lovers, and it doesn't really matter if you're in a blue state or a red state or if you live in Hong Kong or if you live in Houston. People who are dog lovers share this commonality. And so the idea behind DPN, at least you know, in terms of its highfalutin way, is to connect people and to make us all feel like, oh, yeah, we can relate on this one area. And then hopefully they'll, we'll find other common ground. That's awesome. Dogs have this incredible effect don't they, to just sort of, to, to bridge those gaps. So where can people find the Dog Podcast Network? 
So DPN has both audio and video. Uh, so people who are consuming this on YouTube, we have a, a channel on YouTube. Uh, just search for Dog Podcast Network. And then on audio, we are available wherever you get your podcasts on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and pretty much every place. And the thing behind a network is we're like, I don't think we are NBC, but we, we aspire to be, you know, a really a network. So it's really a, a collection of shows. So currently we have three shows that are on the air. And this is our first year. We started our first show launched in January of this year. And we have three shows on and we're going to continue to add more shows in the new year. Uh, the shows that we have right now, our flagship show is called Dog Edition. And that is the world's first podcast designed to listen to while you walk your dog. So it is a 20 to 30 minute show that sounds, it's a news magazine show. It sort of sounds like all things considered. And you can listen to it while you walk your dog. It has three or four different segments. It's fun. It's interesting. And it's, it's very thought provoking. Uh, NPR talks about driveway moments. We have like dog walk moments where you kind of want to keep walking with your dog for a few extra minutes so you can finish the episode. So that's Dog Edition. Then uh, we have an award-winning show called Dog Cancer Answers, which is the podcast that I say, I'm sorry, you have to listen to this show, but you're listening probably because you have a dog with cancer. And then we have a show called The Long Leash, where I sit down and talk to some really interesting um, uh, uh, people who are, you know, in business or journalism and kind of probe deeply about who they are, but from the perspective of talking about their dogs, at least as, as a tangential way to, to get into deeper stuff. That's so, so neat. That's such a great topic. That's so interesting. Uh, cause it just opens up such a, a different, sort of window into someone's <laughs> personality and outlook when you start talking about their pets and it must be so interesting. I, I'm just yeah, curious. I mean, we're, yeah. Tell us more about that. It's yeah. Kind of, it is really fun. <laughs> well, I mean like tomorrow, for example, I'm interviewing a reporter who has worked for the New York times for uh, I think decade or two, uh, and he wrote a story, sort of his last piece for the New York Times, about Maltese and this whole thing about like these little white dogs being people think that they're really really old, but he kind of gets into it. He studies ethnobiology. It, it's really kind of interesting. Wow. And so you know, so we sit down with with people like that, or we've had uh, Dean Koontz, who is of mm -hmm. course the best selling author of a gazillion books. Uh, and talking about the relationship that dogs have had in both his work and his impact, the impact that dogs have had on, on basically getting him to quit work at five o'clock because the dog would nudge him and, and how he's brought dogs into his various, his various novels throughout the years. Um, we I had a conversation recently with a guy named Rick Bassman, who is a, uh, started out in pro wrestling. So WWF or WWE mm -hmm. and, and sort of a real tough guy. Uh, and he is, you know, not the kind of person that I would normally have a lot of connection with, but he's a massive dog lover. He is a pit bull rescuer. So here's this mm -hmm. really tough guy. I mean, he could kick your ass. He's my ass. Uh, he's, 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 he's short, but really tough. Right. So, um, but he has this really soft, warm spot for mm. pit bulls. And so he rescues pit bulls and it's very involved in pit bull rescue and has a lot of celebrity connections. Um, so we talked to some really cool people 
that there's always a dog connection, but they're just really interesting people. So it's a yeah. it's a more podcasty show in that we sit down and, and we have these conversations that run about an hour. It's amazing what you've done in just this, it's less than a year. And I'm wondering, how did you get this all started? What was your background? So I grew up in the media. So when I was just like a kid, when I was a kid in Washington, D.C., 15, 16 years old, I actually had a, a show on um, the talk on an NBC owned and operated talk radio station there for a short period of time. And before that, I actually did some other stuff. So I always kind of loved radio. Mm -hmm. And when I was in college, I did radio. And when I graduated, I, I worked for, um, for a time for NBC Radio Network, uh, Westwood One. And then I kind of stopped all of that and went in other directions and then i watched this emergence of podcasting and i and i had started doing a bunch of stuff related to dogs and so people kept saying well you should do a dog podcast you should do a dog podcast you have a nice voice and you like that stuff and you like this medium and, and i was like no 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 and and my life many years ago about 20 years ago had gone to the dogs i wrote a book called how to meditate with your dog i i run a, a dog supplement company i have a publishing company that does other dog related stuff so i kind of have gone to the dogs and so in 2019 in october i went to i, I used to travel when i used to travel um <laughs> remember where that was you I know, right? airplane, you go um I, I used to travel twice a year and so i would go to um the conference in bangkok every year so i was in, i was at this hotel in bangkok thinking about sort of planning strategic planning for what uh 2020 would bring uh, and I said, I'm going to start a podcast, a dog podcast network. And I had all these grand aspirations and we'll start in January and then we'll just, you know, March and then, and then, and so, uh, that thing happened. So, so you're a bit psychic on that a, one. An interesting opportunity. <laughs> I don't know. So but we've always done, because I'm in Hawaii, we always ever, I've always built teams of remote you know, we have yeah. an amazing team of people. It's not just me, believe me. It's a, an extraordinary team of people, and they're all over the world. So we have people, you know, in New York and Australia and South Africa and the Incredible. Philippines and, and so Europe and Europe, Croatia. We have places, people all over, and they are all massive dog lovers who help make our shows sound as good as they are. I'm just a, I'm a cog in the wheel. I'm, I'm, I'm only a part of it, but it's a lot of people making it sound excellent that's it's really amazing uh we have a similar background i was a radio person in in college myself um yeah where'd you go to school i undergrad i went college. to where'd you go to college yeah when, yeah for undergrad i went to suny state university of new paltz um which is just it's a it, there's a lot of arts to it and media and uh partying <laughs> that's kind of what it's known for it's in like the mid hudson valley or you know of new york state um yeah and then well, I went college is about partying yeah yeah especially that college that's oh. very party oriented uh <laughs> it's kind of known for that but it was a fun work, work hard party hard yeah work hard party hard yeah it's it was but a now we are responsible adults who, who get to who get to party hard here on uh Right. On, uh, this, on YouTube this is the extent of podcast. it exactly right <laughs> socializing on the internet um, i see not long island iced tea just iced tea but it is one o'clock right afternoon. and i'm having coffee at 7 13 at night so this is this is wild mm -hmm. seriously wild yeah um <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, we're, we're crazy people. I, I know 
But from what I recall, actually, I, I had the honor of being guest on Dog Edition. And I learned a little bit about you during that. And I recall you had sort of an animal communication uh, time or interaction. And, and so maybe tell us a little I bit about did. that. That's so funny. <laughs> okay. So I was freshly minted from college. So just a few years ago. And I, one of my early entrepreneurial things, because I've basically been an entrepreneur my whole life. Um, was I ran a, I, I created, I built a, a teleproduction company, which is what we used to call, I don't know, a teleproduction company. We'd make videos and we made a lot of videos that people would buy, um, from ads in Parade Magazine. So Parade Magazine was this big magazine that obviously was stuffed and still is stuffed in the Sunday insert. And there are these ads and mm-hmm. they would be, they're called special interest videos. And I had the idea of doing a special interest video about pet psychics, animal communication. So I um, went to the then really most famous grandma of them all, pet psychic, a woman named Beatrice Lidecker, who was like the person who was secretariat's race, this racehorse secretariat's pet psychic. (laughs) And she had been on the Merv Griffin show, Johnny Carson, like, dozens of times and just was like a big pet psychic in the 1970s mm-hmm. so she was this was when i was doing this was the uh late 80s early 90s probably early 90s so she you know she she definitely had her had her had her following mm-hmm. um and i wooed her and i think she lived in oregon and i sent her flowers and all sorts of stuff finally she took my Call. I think I tried someone else who was her student first and said, you really weren't my teacher. Uh, Lydia Hibby, I think we tried. And then anyway, so we went to B. Lidecker and, and B said yes. And I brought B to uh, Washington, which is where I lived at the wow. time. And we spent a week shooting a whole bunch of wow. stuff. And we did a class called uh, B. Lidecker's Animal Communication Seminar and Workshop. And we taught people how to communicate, how to do what you do. And it was beautiful. There was horses and there was this pasture land. It was a really fancy shoot. And then we did a shorter version that we sold through Parade Magazine called um, You Two Can Talk With the Animals. I got to find that video and post it somewhere on YouTube. Yeah. Um, But people bought a lot of copies of that video. I'm sure. And uh, and, uh, it was kind of my first thing. And I was a lot younger, skinnier. And I had a Maltese, my first, my first dog. And I was, and I remember looking and, and I was just massively in love with the dog. And it, wouldn't it be great if you could talk with the animal? So that was how <laughs> I learned animal communication. And at first I thought it was a bunch of bunk, uh-huh. but of course I quickly became, oh yeah, I get it. And she just <laughs> taught people, she taught me and she taught this, our audience, like, you know, animals think in uh, in in, pic- in thought pictures. They have the mindset of a three year old, and probably all the things that you talk about. Mm-hmm. And 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 it's being mm-hmm. being able to tune in to that so that you can connect with them. And you know, they don't understand. Don't say like, get off the couch because you're just basically creating a thought picture of a dog on a couch with like a big X through it. You know, mm-hmm. but say stay on the floor and then you creating a picture of the dog on the floor and then they pick yeah. that up and mm-hmm. i have to this very day i mean i use though that's so ingrained in how i speak to my dogs that's wonderful. that yeah. you know people will often say what is my dog and i can i just because you just if, once you believe that you can do it 
Right. This sounds so freaking weird. It's up to you. You get it. Uh, once you believe, you <laughs> yeah, can no, do it. Yeah, no, this is so weird to me. <laughs> like, I speak English fluently. I used to speak French fluently, and I, <laughs> and I speak dog mainly fluently, at least uh, my dog. No, absolutely. And that's what it is. It's usually a matter of just seeing that you can do it. And then once people realize that they can and have been doing it, a lot of times that's it, that they realize that they've been doing it already and they just didn't kind of realize it, then it really, it just becomes like you're saying, it becomes a natural thing that they start doing and becomes part of who they are. And Kids are natural yeah. at it too, right. because they have no resistance to, 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 to understand. This is why children's books are filled with like, you know, animals that are characters. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. If we could just get that into society and not have to worry about teaching it to people, we're reteaching it. It would be great. <laughs> yeah. We're not forgetting it. Exactly. Cause exactly. it's already there. Yep. Um, I wrote a book about that, but it's just not out there yet. So <laughs> books take a while. Um, and that's that Misha song, actually, it's a part of it. But, um, so I have a few questions too about the, the cancer show, because I'm sure that, that people really benefit a lot from that. Um, just the space that people are in when they get that diagnosis for their pet. So I was just wondering, uh, you know, what your, your feedback you get on that and just tell us like who you have on that show and what people can find there. So Dog Cancer Answers, that's the name of the podcast and you can find it at dogcanceranswers.com. And it is actually, it, it predates Dog Podcast Network by quite a few years because as I said, I had done a bunch of stuff in publishing and it initially started out as a YouTube channel, which was an adjunct to a book that that company published called uh, the Dog Cancer Survival Guide, which is actually one of the best top-selling yeah. books in the Engli veterinary books in the English language. So mm -hmm. it was initially based on that. It's expanded because we've been doing so many episodes over the years. And the the thing is, cancer, as you know, is the number one killer of dogs. One in three dogs die of cancer. Mm -hmm. uh, in certain breeds it's like you know if you have a dog who's over the age of 10 it's 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 worse and certain breeds it can be 75 percent like golden retrievers and boxers so it can be really pretty serious and most people feel like it's a death sentence and what we have been doing since 2008 uh is helping people understand that you know a cancer diagnosis is something that is not an automatic death sentence. There's a lot mm -hmm. of things that you can do. And sometimes those are standard of care things like, you know, chemotherapy or surgery or radiation.